the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Mike Boyle, and this is The Restaurant Show in Denver on News Talk 710 KNUS in Colorado Springs on AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer to Sunday, February 5th. And uh, what are we going to do? What are we, how are we going to get through the day? There's no football. Did you, you know what? No, I did not watch one second of the Pro Bowl, the Pro Football Pro Bowl. You know, I've gone to the baseball all-star game for over 40 years, and it's really enjoyable. And you get the flag and the flyover and the national anthem, and you get a baseball game. And other sports, NBA, NHL, have been somewhat criticized for their all-star games. The NBA game is just running up and down. Final score is about 150 to 146, something like that. Uh, the NHL might be a little bit more of a star-studded event. But the Pro Bowl in football has been a joke for as long as anybody can remember. And can you imagine buying a ticket to see the NFC play the AFC in flag football? Really? Isn't that what you do on a drunken Sunday in the park with all your buddies? Isn't that what you do is play flag football and drink a whole bunch of beer? Anyway, 303-696-1971, 303-696-1971. I want to thank those of you that turned out to Joyce's Famous Pizza, 2120 South Broadway. Yesterday we did our, oh, every eight weeks or so, Pizza special with Joyce Schaefer, an absolutely wonderful, wonderful lady. And I know that 2120 South Broadway, Broadway and Evans may not be convenient for a lot of you listening. But uh, for those of you that turned out, I want to thank you, thank you, thank you very much. For those of you, Lisa, Rosie, some of you that thought I was going to be there, I thought I was going to be there. But as you know, um, I am trying to get ready for a driving trip out to California to see my daughter and her husband in their new home in Santa Barbara. I've been in the home. It's absolutely beautiful. But uh, she's been storing a bunch of stuff in the basement of our house here in Castle Rock. And so trying to figure out a way to get some of those things. I did break one vase. You know what? I thought that I was going to get it done 100%, and I wound up breaking a just a beautiful southwestern vase. Um, I don't think it was – I don't think it's an heirloom. I don't think it's an incredibly expensive piece, but it was beautiful. It was kind of that rust color, that off-yellow color. Hey, listen, I want to – I'm a little bit appreciative – of many of you, but the same people that I am appreciative of, I'm a little bit upset with, and those are the people that told me about a television series I ought to be watching. 
So we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'd like to get your input. I'd like to talk about the American spirit. I'd like to talk about the pioneer spirit and whether or not we still have it here in the United States. Are we only concerned with being risk adverse? Are we only concerned with safe spaces in our house, the job, school? We'll be right back. We're going to take you up until noon on the rest of it. The weekend, somebody's got to unwind. Somebody's right, got to find the time. I'm Mike Boyle. This is the Restaurant Show. Happy to have you aboard. All right, if I confused you ever so slightly with the way we ended that last segment, I am very appreciative of those of you that suggested after I've explained my love of the television miniseries Yellowstone. I'm very appreciative of those of you that have said, well, then you have got to watch the prequel, 1883, written by the same guy that does Yellowstone. Why am I upset with you? Because last night, there's only one season, 10 episodes. Last night, I completed episodes 9 and 10. And after watching it, I'm very upset with those of you that recommended that I watch it, that you were not more emphatic that I should subscribe to Paramount Plus, get the free week when you sign up for the app, and then pay $4.99. Now, did I do it because of 1888? I beg your pardon, 1883? No, I did it because Tulsa King with Sylvester Stallone is on that channel. And to lure you in, to bring you in, to set the hook, they'll give you a couple episodes free. So I watched a couple of episodes and I thought, man, I really like this. And all of a sudden it pops up. You don't have a subscription to Paramount Plus. You're going to have to get it. I was talking with Randy Corcoran who has the show that follows me on Denver Radio, News Talk 710 KNUS, Saturdays. I go 3 to 5. He comes up at 5 o'clock. He said you got to watch the rest of it, nine episodes. Already season two has been agreed on when it will be shot, when it will be finished and come out. I don't know that yet. But I said, okay, maybe what I'll do is I'll sign up for the free week, and then you can cancel it, no cost. And maybe what I'll do with the last seven episodes, I'd watch two, number three through nine, I'll watch them. One a day, a couple a night, however I want to do it. And then I can just tell Paramount Plus I don't want it. Well, I watched the rest of Tulsa King. We're talking about over a couple of weeks. It's not like I stayed up till 4 o'clock in the morning binging on television. So then I said, you know what, that was pretty good. And, you know, 1883 is on Paramount+. Plus. We see an awful lot of ads on television for 1923 with Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford. And these are all prequels to Yellowstone and the Dutton Ranch and the Dutton family. So I thought, you know what the hey, I'm going to watch 
an episode of 1883, did it when I was probably still in my free week, and see what I think. It was fabulous. When I figured out, you know, when you think about all the $5 you piss away every month, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and keep the Paramount Plus, and I watched the first season, all 10 episodes. And I think that, so why am I upset with you? Because you recommended it, but you weren't emphatic enough to get me to go for it. It's been out since February of 2022. It's been out for a year. It stars Sam Elliott, Tim McGraw, and Faith Hill. And I don't know about you, but I thought, well, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Yeah, Tim McGraw was in Blindside with Sandra Bullock. Um, I don't know that Faith Hill has ever been in a TV show or movies. You think of them as more country singers. Sam Elliott, I think of him as a good cowboy. I think of him as the beer commercial, the guy, the voice of the beer commercials. Coors. Coors beer. And I watched the first episode, and I said, this is not only good, it is freaking good. And I watched all ten episodes. Now, I know that you're saying, well, Mike, I pay two, two and a quarter a month for Xfinity, and I bundle, and I got the landline, the computer, the television, and, you know, you got to have Netflix or Showtime or HBO or whatever, and that runs it up a few bucks. I think I pay about $14 a month for Amazon Prime. I think I pay about $10 a month for Netflix. And you just feel like you don't get the value because I just don't watch. Hey, if something good is on television and we talk about it here, I want to see it. If I had my druthers, when I become king, we're going to make all the Paramount Plus, Netflix, and Amazon Prime stuff free. And we are going to start charging exorbitant amounts for Survivor and Bachelor and The Masked Singer and Who's Got Talent. Yeah, get them off of the networks. Get all of this good stuff over on the networks. I know why it doesn't happen, and I know it won't happen. But I'm telling you, I have a question for you. 303-696-1971. When you watched those people, a wagon train on the Oregon Trail, and I've been on the Oregon Trail. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. I find myself saying, I don't think that America, Americans, have that sense of adventure. Mike, we went to the moon. I understand. I'm not talking about isolated incidents or individuals. But, man, that was a good television series. I'd love to hear what you think about it. 303-696-1971. All right, 24 minutes after 10 o'clock. This is the restaurant show all up and down the front range. Colorado Springs, AM 1460 and FM 101.1, The Answer. 
News Talk 710 KNUS in Denver. And I could get into the 100 restaurants we can't live without in Denver from Westward Magazine. I could get into, this would have a little bit more universal appeal all up and down the front range, the 51 trends for 2023, not 50, not 52, but 51 trends for 2023 from Nation's Restaurant News. But um, I'm just a little bit curious. You know, a couple weeks ago, I got a call from a listener. Out of the blue, he asked, and I don't remember exactly how he phrased it, but it was about the national debt. Debt ceiling, $30 trillion, are they going to raise it, whatever. But his question basically was, how concerned do you think Americans are about this country having a $30 trillion national debt? And my response was, I don't think that Americans, not that we're one great big monolithic society, I'm sure that there's some of you out there that lose sleep at night about a $30 trillion national debt. However, my response was, I don't think Americans give a rat's butt about the national debt. They care about the price of eggs. In Denver, they're going out and buying chickens. How fragile must your budget be that you buy a chicken because you don't want to pay the cost of a dozen eggs at your local grocery store? I think the average American is more concerned about the price of eggs, the pain at the pump, and what time to go pick up their kids to soccer practice. Whether the husband or dinner, whether the husband or wife is going to pick up dinner on the way home from work. And so I found myself watching the 1883 series. I thought it was absolutely fabulous. One of the things that I've decided I like about Yellowstone and some of these other series like that is I really like the scenery. But with 1883, I elevated that enjoyment of the scenery and the story into a reflection a little bit on American life. Do you think we still have any pioneering spirit whatsoever? I just asked Louis Gonzalez, producing the show, and he said, I don't think most Americans care about anything other than being in their house and maybe about 20 to 50 feet outside of their house. And, you know, we talk about safe spaces and we talk about risk averse and every commercial on television is for some sort of medicine, some sort of prescription drug, something to make you risk adverse. Every night, if you watch the television news, it is about calamities here, calamities there. And I find myself... I hope I'm not being too insightful for the restaurant, travel, movies, books, sports, whatever we feel like talking about show. But you know what? I watch those people. And I had Warren Erbson yesterday, the travel agent for the show. And while I'm on the road, the shows will go on, but we talk about some different cities around the world. We talk about some different cities in the United States. 50% of Americans, it's been reported, 
live within 25 miles of where they were born. Now, I know that some of you are screaming right now, well, that's not me. I went in the Army, and I did this, and I did that. No, but when you think about it, think about your family, your family tree. Think about your relatives, your siblings. Think about the people you know. And I just don't find myself, when I looked at that television show, 1883, I thought, you know what? Do you know what the largest cause of death on the Oregon Trail was? Illness. But it was followed by homicides. That would be murder. It was followed by Indian attacks. And it was followed by banditos. And it was followed... I mean, we're talking about immigrants. We're talking about people that migrated from the old country, landed at Ellis Island, and started to migrate west, and they got to the Missouri River, and they decided, we're going to get in a covered wagon, and we're going to go across Kansas. It was a territory back then. Wyoming. We're going to go across Utah. Some are going to take the Bozeman Trail up into Montana, and I think that that may be where the prequel comes in for the Dutton family in Yellowstone. I'm obviously going to watch 1923 now, and that will bring me up to speed. Some went through Idaho, but they wound up in the Willamette Valley. The Willamette Valley is where Portland is on the Columbia River, the Pacific Ocean. It was a journey of about 2,100 miles. And if you want to do something interesting, kind of fascinating. When I was driving my daughter around the country, I said, we're going to do some history stuff as we go. So the first part of the trip, when we did the Midwest, we left Denver and we drove north. Well, obviously, then you go into Wyoming. We went to Torrington, which is right on the Platte River, right on the Nebraska border. That's where Fort Laramie was. It was the largest fort west of the Missouri at that time. And you know what? To this day, you can stay in a hotel. Sure, you can stay in a Holiday Inn Express, but you can stay in a local place. And you can go out to where the Oregon Trail was is and you can still see the wagon ruts of the wagons there right next to the trail is a big rock outcrop outcropping and on that you can see where the travelers carved john smith October 5th, 1851. You can look at those ruts. And it was such an arduous journey that it took a year. Not everybody took a year. Some were a little quicker, some were a little longer. Many people died along the way. There were days on the Oregon Trail where they made one mile in a day. I'm telling you what, at my home studio in Castle Rock, I'm looking out a bay window, and I've got a view.
depending on the direction of a mile here, two miles there, five miles there, and even longer. And they made a mile a day. I just found myself absolutely fascinated with the television show 1883. And when it ended with 10 episodes, if I had to use an emotion, I was sad. Not just sad that the television show ended, but and not immobilized sad, but sad for those people. You got bit by a rattlesnake, you died. You got run over. You know what a lot of people died of? They got run over by the wagons, trying to get on, trying to get off. The horses lurched, and they got run over by a wagon. Ladies, they were all wearing dresses on the Oregon Trail, and the dress would get caught up in the wheels while they were walking along it, maybe a gust of wind or whatever. Maybe they got too close. Maybe they were trying to get it out of a rut, and they would be dragged under the wheels of that covered wagon. And, you know, I thought to myself, you know, here we are in America, and if we get stuck at a traffic light, we're upset. If, heaven forbid, the cable goes out on our television, Comcast or whoever your server are is, is inundated with calls. Have somebody cut, like you did in Castle Rock a while back, the power. And you actually couldn't watch television that afternoon. You actually couldn't turn on a light. Oh, my God. You talk about going back to Stone Age times. So anyway, I want to thank you. And now, has anybody seen 1923? Has anybody skipped 1883 and seen 1923? Are you enjoying 1923? You can tell that it kind of brings the 1880s into the 20th century, and Yellowstone obviously brings it up into the current day. You know, the Oregon Trail by 1883 was actually pretty well done. Do you know when the Golden Spike was laid in Utah to complete the Transcontinental Railroad? Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 303 I'm babbling. I'd love to hear you babble. 303-696-1971. All right, 10.39, and we're talking the television show, 1883. And I just found, you know what I love? A book, a movie, a television show. Yes, we all go to those things for a little bit of escapism. But if I can learn something, and if it can make me Google and look up and check out Wikipedia and do a little bit of a search, I just find it that much more fascinating. You know, the United States was east of the Mississippi in 1803. Thomas Jefferson, president, completed the Louisiana Purchase in 1803, which more than doubled the size of the United States. But it took it west. The primary 
occupant of the West Coast was Spanish, Spanish territory, actually down through Texas, down through southern Louisiana, Mississippi, and into Florida. And then the Northwest, if I recall, was owned by the Russians. And so in 1803, when he completed the Louisiana Purchase, he commissioned Lewis and Clark, Meriwether Lewis. He said, I want you to find a way to the waters of the Pacific Ocean. And they took off and they went north and they went up through what would be the Dakotas over through Montana. And they wound up coming out on the Pacific Coast out in Washington. And then the Oregon Trail, people decided that they needed to go to Oregon and Washington. So they started on this 2,170-mile journey. It was a large wheeled wagon route, an immigrant trail is the way it was described. And it was mostly used from 1811 to about 1840 by trappers, fur traders, individuals out there, what we might call a Renaissance man. Um, And then it began to be used for migration. And why did it kind of slow down in the late 1860s? It slowed down in the early 1860s because of the Civil War. But uh, in 1869, that's when the Golden Spike was driven in Utah that completed the Transcontinental Railroad. And if you had the money and you had the choice, which would you rather do? Would you rather ride a train or ride in a wagon, a wagon train through this territory with all these hostels? And so I find myself wondering if maybe 1883, when these people are making the journey, I find myself wondering if maybe we took a little bit of literary license, a little bit of Hollywood license, but man, it was a really really good show. Now, if those of you that have seen it have any thoughts, love to share them. You know, the thing that I find myself wondering is that it's 1883 in the television series, and the Oregon Trail has pretty much wound down. And there is talk because of the very positive reception that the show received that there will be a season two. And I'm not sure if season two will reflect Tim McGraw and Faith Hill and their young son Johnny heading up the Bozeman Trail into Montana where they will settle and it will become the Duttons, the Dutton Ranch, the 1923, and eventually Yellowstone. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that. Got a call off the air from Pat. Pat wanted me to know that he appreciates. Pat, why don't you stay on the air? Come on. When you folks call in, while well, I appreciate giving out gift certificates, and I appreciate you appreciating me giving out gift certificates, love to have you share on the air. Pat said, thank you, Mike, for the gift card to Trestle's Coastal Cuisine. We had an absolutely fabulous meal. I would love to know what he had. I was at Trestle's Coastal Cuisine this week and um, met with Jose and Mimi Espinosa, the owners. I had um, 
I started with a cheese dip, kind of like a queso, um, kind of fondue-style service, jalapeno queso dip, and they served it with, instead of chips, they served it with their homemade, you know, tortilla chips. They served it with potato chips, homemade potato chips. Jose Espinosa makes as good a homemade potato chip as any I've ever had, whether institutional mass-produced or individual restaurants. They are as good as any. And it's a big plate of food. It's on my Facebook page, my social media page, Instagram. You can check it out. It's $14. I heard the collective gasp when you thought, homemade potato chips and queso, $14? Yeah. It was that biggest serving, and it was that good. It was absolutely memorable. Then I had a blackened Wahoo fish taco. Served open face, beautiful presentation. It's on my social media pages as well. Then their son, Patrick, who was taking over the kitchen responsibilities at Trestles under the tutelage of his dad, Jose Espinosa, he had blackened mahi sliders, and that's a happy hour dish that they sell an awful lot of. I, and he let me have one. It was really, really good. So Pat called up to thank us for the gift certificate. It prompted me, since I can't have you tell you what he had, I will tell you what I enjoyed. All right, folks, uh, you know what? You, if you listen to the show, you know that I hate January. I hate February. Uh, the winter just wears me down. We did take a nice group of Mexico to uh, uh, back in January, 52 people. We've got a nice group. Uh, we had a couple people sign up for the March 7th to 14th trip. We're going to the Pacific side. We're going to Puerto Vallarta. But uh, we had a couple people sign up this week. It's going to be about 24 people. Now, I suppose some of you are saying, well, wait a minute, you had 52 in January, you got 24 in March. Did the wheels fall off the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show group trips? No. It's just that we fluctuate when some people want to go this time of year, some people want to go that time of year. But uh, we typically average around probably 30 to 35. So if you take uh, if you take 24 and 52, that's 76. You divide it in half, that's 38. So, but that's about where our average is. If you still like to go with us, we'd love to have you. But you don't think that the people in New Hampshire might want to get away? The West, I beg your pardon, the Mount Washington Observatory in New Hampshire said on February 4th, the summit temperatures, folks, this is only about 6,200 feet. I'm in Castle Rock and we're 6,200 feet. And this is the flatlands out here. Mount Washington in New Hampshire, the summit temperatures reached the historical low of minus 47 degrees. The wind chill at the summit of New Hampshire's Mount Washington dropped to a minus 108 degrees last Friday, marking what meteorologists and climate scientists say probably is the lowest temperature recorded in the history 
of the United States as the Northeast is being battered with dangerously cold air. You think? Videos recorded by the nonprofit Mount Washington Observatory show how the extreme cold and strong winds of more than 100 miles an hour from the Arctic air blast walloped the summit Friday afternoon and made the mountain with the tallest peak in the North Sea seem like another planet. In fact, the eerie scene atop Mount Washington was slightly colder than the average on Mars this week, according to NASA. I didn't even know we measured the temperature on Mars. The wind chill at Mount Washington, a 6,228-foot uh, 6, peak, known for its erratic weather, surpassed the record of a minus 102 degrees noted in 2004. The observatory had forecast sustained winds of more than 100 miles an hour Friday night with gusts of around 128 miles an hour. So I guess that we don't have much to bellyache here in Colorado, but I don't care what anybody says. I like Colorado when we have snow, sun, melt. Snow, sun, melt. Not snow, cold temperatures, don't melt, stay around for weeks at a time. 303-696-1971, 303-696-1971. There was another television show that was recommended to me by a listener. And it's a listener who I've never met but has called the show. He gave me a suggestion. <clears throat> And because I trust his generally well-thought-out recommendations, I watched an entire other television series this week. It's shorter. I'll tell you about it when we come back because it couldn't hold a candle to 1883. All right, we're going to take a break here on The Restaurant Show. They call it a problem. All right, got a call off the air from Martha in Highlands Ranch. Martha, thank you for calling. She said, were you aware that January is the was the second coldest January since 1970 in the Denver metro area? I, you know what? I just I've lived here since 1977, and. It seems to me that when I walk around, when I talk to people, you know, everybody talks about the weather, boy, it's cold, blah, blah. Well, it, it just seemed to me that the consensus has been that people are bummed because, like I said, it snows, and then we get these bitterly cold temperatures, and it doesn't go away. You know, I was out with Bailey the Mexican street dog this morning walking. And uh, we went to an area that um, we enjoy. It's wide open. I was amazed because, you know, even when you get a day or two of warm weather, yeah, there's no snow on my driveway. I face east, so I get the morning sun. It stays sunny all day. But you know what? There was just mounds of snow. There was four, five, six 
inches of that crusty, crusty stuff that after you walk in it for a while, you say, well, let's see if we can find another path, another trail. I, I thank you, Martha, for calling. Um, I'm not surprised that it was, to me, it was just an awful January. I don't complain about the hot weather in June, July, and August. I don't complain about this uh, rain in spring. I don't compare about, I don't complain about the fall colors taking all the leaves off the tree in October, November. But I'll tell you something. I save all of my weather complaining for January and February because the days are short, the nights are long. Um, you know, I, I feel sorry. I wake up in the morning and I look down on I-25. I got a good view way down the hill there of I-25. And, you know, you get up at, you know, 4.30, 5 o'clock. Maybe you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I look down and I see all those poor people driving to work at 5.30, quarter to 6 to beat traffic. They're in the dark. They get to their office in the tech center. It's dark. They get off of work at 4.30, 5 o'clock. It's dark and they have to drive home. I like the sunlight. I like to be outside. I like to get a little bit of good weather. But thank you, Marcia, Martha, for the call from Highlands Ranch on our way to church. Um, I got a call. I've been raving about 1883. I got a call a couple weeks ago about a show on Amazon Prime. Kind of hard to remember where all these shows are called The English, and it's a Western starring Emily Blunt and a guy named C-H-A-S-K-E. Is that Chas? Chasky? Spencer. And he's an actor. Apparently, he's got a little bit of notoriety. <laughs> been in some, both movies and TV shows. He plays an Indian in the television series. It's only... Six episodes in the one season. It has not been committed to season two. If it is, I will not watch it. I watched all six episodes. I love the scenery. And if you know anything about the history of the settling of the American West, there was a book called Cattle Kingdom. There is a book called Cattle Kingdom that a a listener recommended. It was the English and Scottish that poured a lot of money into the gigantic ranches in Kansas, Colorado, Nebraska, Wyoming, the Dakotas, Montana. And this is a little bit about a lady migrating, uh, played by Emily Blunt. I think if you're going to have a movie, a period movie, about the 1870s, the 1880s, and they're out on the prairie... And they're living in log cabins and wood houses. I don't think that the female hero, Emily Blunt, or the Indian hero, Chas Chasky Spencer, should look like they just came out of the spa. Clothes are clean, hair is done, lipstick is perfect. His ponytail looks absolutely magnificent. That's just one person's opinion. My advice, if you only want to watch one Western, don't make it the English. Make it 1883. Did you hear about the big mix-up? 
in women's basketball. We're going to tell you about that when we come back. We're going to speak with Bebek Kumar from Curry Kingdom. We could take your calls at 303-696-1971. And we're going to remind you that Valentine's Day comes up a week from Tuesday. All right? So let's take a break for news and come back with another hour of The Restaurant Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 